What's up, gang? Welcome back to Ghost Lore of Hawaii, Paranormal Paradise. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. Whether you're a regular or it's your first time, I cannot thank you enough. So let's just jump right in, no chit chat. The next couple of stories can be summed up in a term my wife and I learned while traveling in Thailand. Same, same, but different. <laughs> so sit back, pop open one the kind, light up some paranormal the kind, get comfortable, and let's get into this. Something that has always fascinated me was how so many cultures around the globe had similar stories in their mythology without ever having made contact. A common example are the tales of dragons found in every corner of the world, from South America to Asia to Europe. How can all of these civilizations have similar portrayals of dragons in their mythology? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Another common tale shared among different cultures warned of the danger of answering to an unknown voice that calls to you. In Greek mythos, there were the sirens, women with voices that matched their beauty. They lured sailors with their hypnotic songs only to devour their flesh and bone. In Hawaii, these voices that call their victims' names are referred to as calling spirits or calling ghosts. These apparitions not only call to you, but they also disguise themselves as friends or family members with the sole purpose of leading the victim to their death. These types of spirits are just as common as pressing ghosts, the invisible force that chokes their victim in their bed, mentioned briefly in episode 1 and episode 4. The main characters of the following two stories wish they too would have ignored the unknown voice that called to them. Kai tossed his green bottle into the bucket they used for their empties. The illegal bonfire party raged off to the side of where he and his friends were posted up. MMA legend BJ Penn, who grew up on the island, had just won the lightweight championship belt earlier that night. A massive impromptu party of people ranging from old to young was happening on the beach. Kai and his friends 
were already wasted. I'm basically a blue belt. Grappling on the sand, attempting their best imitations of arm bars and triangle chokes. Oh, he's out, he's out. There were close to a hundred people partying on that beach, scattered around in cliques. The raging bonfire in the sand, the centerpiece. The ocean was roughly 300 yards away, with rocky cliffs and jagged tide pools lining the coast. Hardened lava fields separated sand from surf. These sandy sections stretched the length of a football field and made the perfect bonfire location. Lifted Toyota Tacomas backed up against the lava rocks lined the perimeter of the sand. Kai and his friends weren't only out celebrating BJ Penn's win, but Kai's boys were trying to cheer him up after his recent breakup. You're gonna get drunk and party with some mojines you don't know. Females. And forget about that damn girl, his friends shouted. Kai laughed with them, but didn't really feel like partying until he had a beer, then another, a six pack, and a few shots in, and he was kinda bust. I miss her so much. Kai was from Kailuakona on the west side of the Big Island, his ex being from Hilo on the east side, just like BJ Penn. The distance ending up not working for the relationship, and they broke up earlier that week. Kai got up from the sand where he was seated and stumbled off towards the darkness, away from the chaos of the party. Eh, Kai, where are you going? One of his friends shouted. Shishi, why you like come? He joked as he continued his staggering trek into the bushes. The sound of music and yells from the drunken crowd grew quieter as he walked. Kai stopped next to a bush and did his thing. When he finished, he turned around to head back to his friends. He didn't realize how far he had walked. Just as he stepped to begin heading back, Kai, a female's voice shouted, startling him. I knew that was you, the voice excitedly said. Huh? Who's there? Kai squinted, scanning the beach in the direction of the voice. That is one girl, right? The female's voice sounded like it came from the ocean. Kai could barely make out a figure standing at the edge of the sand where the hardened lava rock started and led to the water. Who is that? Kai asked, but the woman remained silent. He watched as her figure stepped off of the white sand onto the jagged rock in the direction of the water. 
Confused, he drunkenly followed, getting further away from the party and the light of the bonfire. As he got to the edge of the sand, he looked out towards the black mass that made up the last of the land before reaching the inkwell that was the ocean. Do I know you? Kai asked before stepping onto the lava himself. How the heck can she see anything without a flashlight? Kai carefully climbed over a boulder onto a flat section of lava rock. Kai. Her hypnotic voice casting a spell on him. He looked around. Oh, hey, do I know you? He repeated to the figure a few feet away from him. It was dark, but he was pretty sure the woman was not someone he knew. She was beautiful from what he could see. Polynesian, voluptuous, with dark skin, her large eyes glistening at him in the moonlight. The mystery woman smiled again and gave a seductive follow-me look and disappeared into the darkness again. Uh, I don't know how much further I can go. My slippers all hammer-jang. Bust it up, he drunkenly shouted. But the woman was nowhere in sight. Ah, he playfully grumbled and slid his feet out of his slippers, deciding it would be faster without them. He continued to follow in the direction of her voice. Just over here, I have something for you. Kai was no longer thinking about his ex. Nope. The excitement of a possible makeout sesh with this playful unknown woman sounded fun. Yep. Maybe she knew him from somewhere and heard he was now single and was making her move. Kai thought to himself. Yeah, right. But sober Kai would have realized that scenario was very unlikely. Kai continued to walk as carefully as he could while drunk, checking the stability of the rocks and boulders as he climbed. He glanced up in the direction the Wahine was headed. He briefly saw the glow of her eyes and grin, looking down at him from a ledge she had climbed up before quickly turning around again and prancing out of view. Like a man on a mission, Kai trudged forward, following the woman up the ledge he just saw her on. The ledge was roughly 10 feet high that led to a plateau of a cliffside. The ocean was on the direct opposite side of the small cliff and dropped 20 feet down to the water below. The waves could be heard crashing against the rocky coastline. Once he reached the top of the cliff, his head popped up 
just in time to see the woman's bare, naked body running off the other end of the cliff, straight down to the water below. Holy shit. He finished pulling his body up over the ledge and rolled towards the center of the small plateau. He leaned over the edge to look down at the waves 20 feet below. It was dark, but he could see the white foamy water agitated from crashing against the cliffside. Kai saw the woman's dark, tanned body pop up through the foam. She transitioned to floating on her back, bubbles barely concealing her naked, tanned body. Kai, dive in. The water's perfect. He knew he shouldn't. He was drunk. Really drunk. And knew better than to swim at night while this intoxicated, let alone cliff jump. To get out of the water, they would need to rock climb barefoot without a flashlight. Plus, it sounded like the waves were getting bigger. No way. Not a chance. Kai. Come on. Get in. Okay, he said, ripping off his shirt. It was windy, so he wedged his t-shirt in between a crack in the cliffside and secured it by shoving his hamajang slippers into the wedge. As he stood, he stumbled, nearly toppling over the edge, but caught his balance in the last second. He looked over one last time, just as the woman popped back up from beneath the water, smile still plastered on her face. It's safe. The water's so deep here, I couldn't even touch the bottom. She reassured him. Oh, okay. Move out of the way. I'm coming. Kai turned around to walk towards the end of the plateau so he could get a running start. He was about six feet away from the cliff's edge, his heels hanging off the opposite end. Just as he was about to run and dive off of the cliff, he felt ice-cold hands wrap around his ankles. Ah, The vice-like grip were tighter than anything he had ever felt. As Kai looked down, complete shock hit him as he realized who had grabbed him. Where'd you come from? It was his older sister, Lani. The look of anger on her face, like the time she caught Kai smoking Pakalolo in the garage with his friends. Lani was significantly older than her little brother and was more like a mother figure than a sibling. She protected him from bullies at school, and did what she could to keep the keiki Child. from doing stupid stuff, even disciplining him like a parent when she had to. Lani released Kai's ankles 
and allowed him to climb down from the ledge. Once he hopped down the final few feet onto the ground directly in front of Lani, Kai timidly looked up to her eyes. Without saying a word, his furious sister stomped her foot and pointed in the direction of the party, obviously wanting him back with all of his friends. But the woman's voice continued to pull at him. Where are you going? I thought we were going to have some fun. Ah! Kai looked back at Lani. Fury filled his sister's eyes. Okay, okay, okay. Kai grumbled as he headed back to the bonfire. His sister breathing down his neck the entire walk back. When he made it back to the party, he turned around, but Lani was gone. The raging bonfire was now just embers. Music continued to blare out of the speakers of someone's Tacoma, although most of the partygoers had dispersed. Those who remained were passed out on the beach, just like Kai's friends. He found a vacant spot in the sand and curled up into a ball, quickly falling into a deep sleep. When he woke up the next morning, the memories of the previous night flooded back to him. Kai was still barefoot and shirtless and couldn't tell if the cool morning air helped or hurt his hangover. Uh, His friends were still asleep on the sand, so Kai headed towards the cliff ledge where he had wedged his t-shirt and slippers into the rock. As he walked, all Kai could think about was his beloved sister Lani. His sister who had passed away from leukemia three years prior. The moment Kai saw his sister, it scared him sober, and he knew he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. Kai knew better than to acknowledge an unknown voice that called to him. She taught him that much. As he got to the top of the cliff, he realized why Lani had appeared before him. As he stood on the ledge looking down where the woman swam the night before, Kai saw the water was just inches deep. If he had dove into the water that night, he would have surely been killed. Even if he had survived the fall, the distance from the party and the noise from the waves would have made it impossible for anyone to hear him scream for help. There was no doubt in his mind his older sister Lani had come back 
to save him. Alright, like I said earlier, this next story is similar, but very different. Sit back, you know the kind, and let's get into this. Wait, wait, wait. So, a little side note. I'm not even going to try to define or translate what the kind means. I've tried in the past, and it's never been clear. Let's put it this way. My wife, who's from the mainland, I think she just now started to understand what Dakain means in Hawaii. And we've been together for almost a decade. So look it up. Or if you know someone from Hawaii, ask them and watch them struggle in trying to define what Dakain means. If you want to look it up yourself, Dakine, it's spelled D-A space K-I-N-E. Not to be confused with the outdoor sportswear company. Alright, back to the last story of the night. Let's get into this. The cold spray of cologne was refreshing on the hot, humid night. As Chad got ready for his date, his stomach did flips, nervous with anticipation of the unknown. The ceiling fan rattled on high above him, doing little to quench the heat. Chad was new to the area and hadn't checked out any of the social scene. He was usually active online anyway, his preferred method of prospecting, as Chad liked to call it. But since moving to Hilo, he'd purposefully stayed offline. Kind of a tech detox. Just sun and relaxation. Only thing was, he hadn't researched beforehand and didn't know Hilo was the rainiest city in the U.S., getting about 130 inches of rain a year. Even though it had been drier than usual, Chad had still been cooped up in his rental for weeks and was going stir-crazy. With no distracting electronics, Chad was locked away with just his thoughts, which wasn't always a good thing. He finally broke one day and jumped back onto his smartphone to all of his favorite prospecting apps in search of some companionship. Why are you talking like that? Chad was very specific with his love interests. He definitely had a type. Ever since he began noticing the opposite sex, he preferred cute over hot. Chad liked shy, quiet girls over loud, aggressive, or confident women. But this was more likely the result 
of his abusive-ass mother than those actual traits he had concluded long ago. Chad was an attractive guy, and he knew it. He was tall, with dark, brooding eyes, but his smile took the edge off of what could otherwise be mistaken for a glare. Often, people found this attractive and tried flirting with him, but were never his type. The word picky could be used to describe the bachelor. After scrolling through a few of his usual apps, nope, nope, too old, too tall, pass, nope, pass, he stumbled upon an angel. Her bio said, Hopu, but you can call me Hope. Chad's heart began racing. She was beautiful. He looked through her photos and through her timeline, which only went back a month or so, but everything about her was perfect. This was his dream girl. And hey, in paradise too, he chuckled to himself. He spent the next 20 minutes carefully crafting the perfect message to send to her. Hello, beautiful. My mom told me not to talk to strangers online, but I'll make an exception for you. He typed. Yep, that was what he came up with in 20 minutes. He got a quick response back. Blushing smiley face emoji. Yes! Guess what kind of material the shirt in my profile pic is made of? Chad said out loud. What? Boyfriend material. LMFAO, Hope responded. Chad turned up the charm and over the next half hour, flirted with Hope and even sent some X-rated pictures. Unsolicited. Something he said he'd never do again after getting embarrassingly burned the last time. He texted Hope she should meet up with him Friday night at Wailuku State Park. The park would be too dark to see the famed Rainbow Falls, named for the rainbow visible at the viewpoint, created by the mist of the falls and the morning sun. Chad wanted a late meetup time, so suggested 10 p.m., The seclusion and darkness would be a perfect first date, especially so close to Halloween. He eagerly waited for a response. After a few minutes, he began to worry he came on too strong and scared the girl away. You there? He texted. No response. Damn it. He texted that they could meet anywhere. Not just the park, but that too went unanswered. Chad was crushed. I blew it. When Friday rolled around, he still had the young girl in the back of his mind. Shame and regret on how things played out, now associated with hope. Out of nowhere... He got a text message asking if they were still on for the date. Bet, 
he responded, trying to sound more hip to today's lingo. Bet, meaning all right or yes. I had to look it up just to make sure. He was more nervous than usual and was extra worried about fumbling this interaction. He had done this plenty of times before and even kept a body count of all of his successful dates. Chad was so used to picking up girls this way. He even had a pre-packed kit that he brought along that he called the grab bag that contained a pint of hard alcohol, some pakalolo, or pot as he called it, mainland, some condoms, safe sex, and a few other essentials. Wait, what? Chad looked himself over one last time in the mirror next to his apartment door and flashed a smile. He closed and locked his door and with sweaty palms headed to the rendezvous. Chad pulled into a parking spot in the empty lot and turned his car off. The night's sky had completely darkened over. The black of night flooded his vision as he turned the headlights off. The park was a lot darker than he expected, and the only flashlight he had was on his phone. His stomach fluttered from the excitement of the date, mixed with the eeriness of the dark night. With Chad being new to Hilo and knowing little about the park, he wanted to scope it out beforehand, so arrived several hours before the agreed-upon time. He walked around the parking lot, making sure they'd have their alone time. The normal roar of the falls was silent due to it being drier than usual. He casually hopped back into the driver's seat, door left open, one leg in, one leg out. You never know when you have to make a run for it, he often joked to his dates. Are you here? The message read, Oh, you're here already? I thought you were working. Did you get dropped off? I'm the only one in the parking lot. You sure you're in the right place? No response. Chad was a bit thrown off by Hope showing up so early but figured it was safe since he had already scoped out the area. Where you at? He began typing. But before he could hit send, Chad. He heard his name whispered, startling him. Oh my gosh. He turned his phone's light on and shined it towards the trailhead leading to the viewpoint where the sound of the voice came from. The beam of light scanned the jungle and suddenly landed on the face of a young girl. 
Chad recognized her from her profile pic. It was Hope. She smiled and darted down the trail, deeper into the jungle. Okay, we're playing a little game, he chuckled. In the brief second he saw her, it reaffirmed everything he desired in his ideal girl. Physically. Chad locked his car and jogged into the jungle after her. As soon as he crossed the barrier of parking lot into jungle, he instantly felt nature take over. Not only in his surroundings, but his own biology. His palms were sweating, his stomach did flips, and his pupils wide open to take in the darkness. Even with the flashlight, The night was so black, he had to slowly mummy walk along the trail, hand out, like a person who had recently lost their sight. The jungle air was thick with moisture and smelled of dirt and mud. He could almost hear the creatures all around him squirming and crawling. Drops of water from the jungle canopy dripped down his neck, giving him the shivers. Chad did not like this feeling. He wasn't the type that liked surprises. Hey, Hope, where the f- Why did I pick this stupid place? Oh yeah, because of the seclusion. You're getting warmer, the text message read. Walk straight 10 paces. Turn left 90 degrees. And three steps forward. He spun around, startled. Hope was standing about 20 feet away, just out of visibility from his phone's light. He could see her smiling. It was the sexiest thing he had ever seen. There you are, Chad smiled. He chased after her as she disappeared into the night. Bushes whipped at him as he pursued What a first date, Chad thought to himself, oddly aroused by the chase, but that excitement was short-lived. He shined the light down at his feet. They were caked in mud. Mosquitoes had been eating him alive since he stepped out of the car. His legs were scratched up from brushing against who knows what. Chad was beginning to lose patience. Hope. Hope. Hopu. You know, you still haven't told me what your name means in Hawaiian. He shouted. Irritation, apparent. Chad checked the text message. 
It was a picture of Hope's clothes hanging off of a fern. Chad Likey. She stepped out of the foliage, about 15 feet away. As he moved towards her, she vanished again, back into the thick jungle. Alright, I'm getting over this pretty quick, Chad said, smacking his neck and checking if he got the mosquito. Almost there. It'll be worth it. Right after checking the text message, his phone shut off. Damn it. My battery died. It was fully charged when I left the car. You better know how to get back because if not, we're fucked. The moon was barely bright enough to break through the canopy. But even after a minute... His eyes could still barely make out objects. Just a little further, the voice called. Little more. Then he saw her. Hope was standing nude. A sudden opening in the jungle canopy, allowing the moonlight to shine directly on the young girl's petite body. Like a grinning zombie, Chad mindlessly walked towards the girl. When he was within ten feet of her, she smiled and gave a come-hither motion with her finger. She was now just out of arm's reach, The teasing and anticipation hypnotized Chad until it boiled over. But as soon as he rushed forward to wrap his arms around the naked young girl, air whooshed in his ears. Chad was disoriented, not knowing up from down. But before his brain could even comprehend confusion... Aloha kakahiaka. Good morning. This just in. Wailuku State Park, home of the famed Rainbow Falls, remains closed this morning as police continue to investigate the body found at the base of the falls late last night. Investigators remain tight-lipped, but do confirm the man was the subject of a planned sting operation targeted at sexual predators. Police say the man, in his late 20s, contacted a profile made to resemble an underaged female and sent graphic pictures and videos. Investigators say he arranged to meet at the park after hours, most likely because of the seclusion. Here is an investigator we spoke to on the scene who flew in from the mainland. There's no reason for a man almost in his 30s to be sending lewd pictures and trying to meet up with someone he thought was a 14-year-old high school student. Ugh, I'm getting eaten alive. And he initiated the conversation with the pickup line. 
we found duct tape, rope, bleach, a shovel, along with drugs and alcohol. There's no question what his intentions were. Man, this guy was a real sick fuck. Uh, sorry for my language. Police say the man is already being connected to the disappearance of several missing teens in at least three states. The reason for the presence of investigators sent over from the mainland. Police also want to make clear they did not make contact with the subject at the park and were not involved in his death in any way. The curious thing about the incident was the police had lost communication with Chad long before any of this happened. The last text they received from him was when he suggested Wailuku State Park for the meetup. Investigators were unable to confirm the meetup with Chad as all messages they attempted to send failed to deliver. They were afraid the sting had fallen through but decided to go to Wailuku State Park anyway to see if he would show. Unfortunately, arriving 15 minutes too late, just finding his lone car in the parking lot. Dogs were used to sniff out his trail, discovering that Chad's footprints were the only footprints found in the mud. They traced his steps as it veered off trail then off the falls completely. So who was Chad having the conversation with? When police found Chad's body and looked through his phone, it only added more questions. It showed Chad was having a one-sided conversation. His text messages going unanswered yet he continued conversing as if they had been for hours the profile police set up was the first of its kind using AI or artificial intelligence to compose a computer generated face of a girl using thousands of pictures of children who've gone missing over the past 40 years. They superimposed the CG face onto stock photography to construct a believable social media profile, making sure to include age-related posts like a birthday party so it was obvious the made-up profile was underage. Police named the underaged profile Hopu, which sounded similar to Operation Hope, the name of the sting operation targeted at child predators. But also, Hopu in Hawaiian translates to arrest or capture. So how did Chad see Hopu, who wasn't even a real person? Did the calling spirit transcend the physical world into the technological to reach its victim? 
Was the ghost that evil to lure a random person to their death who just so happened to be a pedophile? Or was this the spirit of a girl who was murdered, taking out her revenge on the people who continue to prey on the innocent? Let's hope get it. you're never in that situation to find out. Mahalo, as always, for tuning in to the Ghost Lore of Hawaii podcast. As mentioned in the episode, stories of these malevolent spirits are just as common as pressing ghosts, the force that chokes their victim in their bed. Don't go chasing waterfalls, hoping to find calling spirits in Wailuku State Park. I based the story at Rainbow Falls, or its Hawaiian name, Vaia Nue Nue Falls, not because of the paranormal, but simply put, I needed someplace high for someone to fall from. I'm not a smart man. However, Hawaiians do have legends tied to Vaia Nue Nue Falls. One tale states there's a cave behind the falls that is home to Hina, the Hawaiian goddess and mother of demigod Maui, or the mischievous, marvelous, magical Maui, <laughs> as Israel Kamaka Viva Ole put it in his hit song. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> as Israel Kamaka Viva Ole put it in his hit song, Maui, Hawaiian Superman. Check out the link in the show notes for an article I found with a couple stories involving Hina and Rainbow Falls. If you follow my Instagram, ghostlore.of.hawaii, plug, a while back, I made a post mentioning that my wife and I are pretty sure we currently live in a haunted house. In the post were a few pictures that I took of our dog Sosa when he was a puppy. In several of the pictures, there is some weird, misty apparition that seems to be taking some sort of shape and follows our puppy in several of the snapshots. We didn't see anything with our own eyes when the pictures were taken, only when we were reviewing them. And around the same time that we took the pictures, he would randomly start growling and barking at a rocking chair that can also be seen in the pictures. Check out the Instagram post for a few more stories of what we've experienced here at the house. Just to add, we've never felt threatened, more so we think it's a mischievous spirit. If you want to take a look, my Instagram again is ghostlore.of.hawaii. The whole reason for this story was when I was recording this episode... A full bag of paper towels fell off the shelf, scaring the shit out of me. I caught my genuine reaction on tape and found a way to blend it into the episode. See if you can tell where I put it. I also want to thank Poltergeist OD for letting me use his song Affleck in the episode. It's the only music with lyrics, so it shouldn't be difficult to find. 
I'm trying to incorporate music from buddies of mine that I connect with through Instagram. And I really love his horror movie themed lyrics, although the song Affleck isn't horror. What is very horror is his single Michael, which is featured at the end of this episode after the blooper reel. Just a warning, it does have swearing and is based off of an R-rated slasher flick, so listener discretion is advised. So thank you again for tuning in. If you are entertained, it really helps the podcast out a lot if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to send in a story or a topic or just want to say hi, you can email me at ghostlore.of.hawaii at gmail.com. If you're able to and want to support the podcast financially, there's a link in my Instagram bio for my merch site, or you can go to www.ghostloreofhawaii.com, and there's a tab that also leads to the merchandise. I'll also be setting up a Patreon soon as well, if it's not already live by the time you're listening to this. I'm currently producing bonus episodes that will be available exclusively to patrons. I understand times are rough, so if you're not in the spot to become a patron or to buy merchandise, a review, like, download, share, it all helps and I appreciate it all. Every single review that comes in, I'm shouting and reading it to my wife. Every single one. Check the show notes. If the Patreon is live, there'll be a link for it. The goal is to get regular weekly episodes with additional bonus content for all. And we're getting closer. So thank you again for all your support. Have a great week. Stay safe. And see you next episode. Shoots. Laters. Some names and locations may be slightly altered for privacy's sake. My apologies if my version of a story differs from a version you may have heard in the past. All episodes were written, voiced, and produced by me, Uncle Jared. In the cases where I've altered the story, the backbone will always remain the same. As Israel Kamaka Viva Ole put it in his hit song. <laughs> so stupid. As, is- As Israel Kamaka Viva Ole put it in his hit song. Maui, Hawaiian Superman. <laughs> Come see. Ah, fucking sh- Jesus. Here is Poltergeist OD's single, Michael, based off of the horror movie. Uh, Take a guess. Michael Myers, walking quicker than you can cycle tires, bite the pliers, bitches like pulling teeth through my desires.